I'm your host, Dora Vandekamp. Welcome to the Biohack Your Beauty podcast, where we take a deep dive into the world of biohacking, spirituality, wealth, and self-development. Join me in exploring paths to health sovereignty, freedom, and ultimate well-being with the experts, teachers, and guides who are leading the revolution. Hello, hello, beautiful ones. Welcome back. I am so happy to have you here. We have a very popular guest back on the show, highly requested second episode with Carrie Bennett is here. We are diving deep into one of the most, if not the most important element for biohacking your beauty and your health, which is water. Carrie is the leading educator in the emerging field of quantum biology. She combines deep research and clear explanations of the complex quantum mechanics at play in the human body to teach us how to use light, water, and nature to be radiant, energized, and thriving. Today, Carrie shares with us how we can actually stay hydrated to stay youthful. And it's not what you think. She's not going to tell you to drink like five gallons of water. (laughs) What is exclusion zone water? Why does it matter? What big things you may be doing on a regular basis that is actually aging you and dehydrating you? What element is vital to charging the water in your body? how to make your own structured water, it's so easy, and how water can help your body heal. A few updates before we dive into the show. So as many of you know, our wedding is coming up in less than eight weeks. Oh my gosh, (laughs) it's coming up so fast. And Drew and I will be spending over two months in Italy for our honeymoon, which I am so excited about. I'll be podcasting from there. So I'd love to know if you would like me to share an episode or two about what I learned there about beauty, skincare, biohacking, style. I feel like they have so much to teach us in Europe about these things. And if you want me to share them with you, let me know. I've also been in study mode. I'm currently in the midst of image consulting school as a deeper layer of Biohack Your Beauty that I am so honored and excited to offer. This has been years and years in the making for me. So if you're not familiar, image consulting focuses on cultivating your personal image and brand by helping you develop your style, a style that aligns with your personality, your dreams, your goals, your lifestyle. So my image consulting involves providing guidance on dressing for your specific body type, analyzing the best colors for your clothing and makeup and hair and helping you to incorporate those, clean skincare and makeup techniques, that are specific to your features, ways to help you enhance your natural beauty and support you in becoming more visible in your life, in social media, and in your sphere of influence. 
and we work on assessing and maintaining a healthy lifestyle with nutrition and biohacking support. As you know, that is something I am super passionate about because I want to help you really build a holistic and authentic image for your personal brand and your life. There are so many of you out there who have these incredible strengths, gifts, dreams, and yet you're struggling with how to confidently present yourself to the world in a way that feels soul aligned, fun, and beautiful. And that has been my mission on this podcast from the beginning is really to help every one of you out there to be seen so that you can make an impact and to have the resources to then go out there and do your work to fulfill your purpose and make your dreams come true. So if you're interested in learning more, click the link in the show notes or head to my Instagram at Dora Vandekamp. Okay, my loves, on to the show. Hello again, Carrie. How are you? I'm good, Dora. I'm so excited to be out here for a second time. That's so much fun. I know. You are our very first second guest. Like, we've never had a guest come on a second time. So this is a big deal. And it's a big deal because it's Carrie. So (laughs) very excited. Very excited to have you here. I'm thrilled. This is exciting. I'm super excited because I think we're chatting about water today, which is like such a topic I love. So it is a topic that is really big. It's like a huge thing to dive into because it, it impacts us in so many different ways. And I think it's actually a great like time too, because it's spring. Like you said, finally, we're going outside and we actually want to go outside. Like there's sun. And so it's kind of a good time to dive in because we hopefully will get to experience ocean and pools and stuff like that very soon. Absolutely. Yeah. So let's start with talking about easy water, because that is a big thing. I can see the excitement on your face when I say easy water, (laughs) which I love. I love it. Um, It's just a beautiful example of an amazing person doing what they love and are passionate about. So what is easy water and how is it different from the water that we are used to? Oh, such a great question. I'm so thrilled to start with this because understanding water in the body completely rocked my world in terms of understanding how the human body works and things we can do, daily strategies we can do to optimize our health, our physiology. And so let's first talk about what easy water is not. And easy water is not what we've pictured as typical water when we say the human body is 70% water. Or um, some people have maybe heard this this statistic, which is also, which is true. These are true statements. 99 out of every 100 molecules in the body is water, which is amazing, right? It means that we're basically, you know, some macromolecules, some bigger molecules with lots of little water molecules packed inside of us. And maybe we've even opened a biology textbook and cut it like we've seen a cell sliced in half and we see, oh yeah, there's a lot of water inside of the cell. That water, the majority of it does not exist in a true liquid state as we have that, as we think of as water in a glass, it just swirls freely throughout the glass. 
And I want to call this water, it, it is called EZ water, which is short for exclusion zone water, which is the water inside of us that has been popularized by a researcher, Dr. Gerald Pollack, who wrote a whole book about it. It's called The Fourth Phase of Water. Um, but what, uh, what that water has also been called, and I think some people actually, they get it a little bit more when I call it this. I, I call it, it's called in the research, bound water because the water inside of us is connected to surfaces. It attaches to the outside of the cell, the inside of the cell, every organelle inside of the cell, all of the cytoskeleton, which is like this webbing, this mesh of architecture inside of the cell, every part of the cell inside and out is surrounded by this bound water, this water that's deeply connected to it. And this bound water, again, it's, does, it exists in a different state. It doesn't swirl in the same way as it would in a glass, like, like liquid water. So Gerald Pollack calls it the fourth phase of water because when water touches a surface inside of our cells or outside of our cells, it's called a hydrophilic, which stands for water-loving surface, of which in the body, almost every surface is water-loving. The water binds to it and reorganizes its shape and its structure to create a new state of water, more of a gel-like consistency, like a, like a honey or a jello, more of a, a viscous substance. And so that is exclusion zone water. It's the fact that next to all of our hydrophilic biological surfaces, when, when regular liquid water comes into contact with it, it changes its shape and its structure into an exclusion zone status, which has a different consistency and such amazing properties, which describe a lot of about human health, human physiology, and pretty much all the recommendations I now make to optimize our health. Mm, wow. Because when you think, oh, we're 60, 70% water, you kind of just picture like your body filled up to maybe like your chest, you know, <laughs> little ripples, and that's where it stops. And that's really not what it looks like at all. It's so much more complex than that with that jelly-like substance, that easy water. Yeah, exactly. It's like, it's the water is everywhere. It's inside of every cell. It's around every cell. It's fluid forms I think we're familiar with. There's some fluid water in the blood and in the lymph and then the cerebrospinal fluid. But for the most part, all the other water is in this more bound state, this, this gel-like state. And it is, it's called exclusion zone water, easy water. But the reason Dr. Pollack called it exclusion zone water is because when it forms next to biological surfaces, so if this hand is a biological surface and this zone is the exclusion zone water that forms, the bound water that forms, it prevents things from penetrating it. It forms a literal exclusion zone. So anything bigger than a proton cannot penetrate it. And it's everywhere. Like this is what's mind blowing to me, Dora. Picture how many surfaces and inner workings we have in the body, right? And at how many cells and how many proteins and uh, how many organelles, none of it is actually physically touching. It all has this interaction of exclusion zone water. So the exclusion zone water on this protein may interact with the exclusion zone water on this protein, but they won't physically come into contact with each other. So everything is happening through the interaction of the water inside of us. So it creates that exclusion zone. And beyond that, which is just, again, mind blowing to me to think, we actually derive energy. 
from this exclusion zone water inside of our bodies. And so the most fascinating experiment that was done was when Dr. Pollack, he took, basically he developed and created an exclusion zone in the lab. So he had a biological surface, saw the exclusion zone form, and just outside of the exclusion zone, he noticed a heavy concentration of protons. And it turns out that he also measured the exclusion zone and found out it was negative. It was negatively charged, which is unusual for water because water in a glass is neutral right? There's no charge. Goes back to high school chemistry. It's neutral. Protons balance out the electrons. It's neutral. In this case, we actually have a really negatively charged zone, exclusion zone, and a positively charged zone that's now called the proton zone right next to each other. And he stuck a little tiny micro electrode in each zone, which are like these little tiny, tiny needles that he measured and that he connected to a light bulb. And he found that he could power a light bulb with it, which means there's electricity that can flow when you have this charge separation of water happening here in these network, this is the water network of our body. So, you know, it really just, it just really, really changed the way I started to think about our health and what's happening at the cellular level. And it really took me more deeper into the biophysics. It's like, yes, do we get electrons from food and funnel them to the mitochondria to make ATP? Yes, we do. But guess what mitochondria also make? Water. So is it possible that another part of mitochondrial health is because they make water that when it comes into contact with these biological surfaces, structures itself into a battery of potential energy for our bodies to use at any given moment in time? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> so, dude, this is so fascinating to think about. And then why do, why is this important to know, right? Because it's one thing to, okay, so this is the form of water, but then why, why do we want to know this? What, what is, why is this important? Uh, it's a great question. And so if we, if we recognize now that the water in our bodies is a source of potential energy, and this has been also shown a lot in terms of how that water kind of helps to unfold proteins and how it helps with protein interaction and a lot of different work that happens in the body. If we recognize that this battery of water is an energy source, then we have to ask ourselves, well, how do we maintain that battery? How do we charge that battery? What depletes that battery? Am I doing things on a regular basis that supports it? Am I doing things on a regular basis that drains it? And we've got answers, right? We've got a lot of answers to those questions. And so we recognize now that that water battery was meant to be charged using a specific wavelength range of sunlight. And it just so happens beautifully that that wavelength range of sunlight is present from sunrise until sunset. So all day long, if our skin and our body comes in contact with infrared wavelengths of light, specifically more towards the mid and far infrared wavelengths of light, we actually expand the exclusion zone, expand the proton zone, and make a stronger battery, a bigger battery of potential energy. And so we have this beautiful built-in mechanism to drive energy from sunlight through our interaction with, or through water through, with our interaction with sunlight, right? So water, sunlight, us, energy. It's this beautiful interplay. And then these days, Guess what wavelength range of light happens to be the most deficient indoors? Infrared. Simply because modern glass 
blocks the majority of the infrared. Modern lighting has removed all of its infrared. So we're not exposed to it in anywhere near the same amounts that we used to be if we were just living a lifestyle in, in one with nature as, as we were doing for generations upon generations before a more modern lifestyle came about. It's such a fascinating thing. I was actually thinking about this this morning because I go outside before I go on my phone. Like, you know, I, I get my natural light in the mornings. I sit outside and do my morning routine there. Like I journal, even if it's cold, but at some point I have to put in my contacts and contacts actually block the like UV rays from your eyeballs, which is how you get like your circadian rhythm regulated. Right. So it's such a fascinating thing that there's so many ways in which we're kind of protected or blocking the light that actually is fueling our bodies, literally charging us to be able to live and have the energy to take action. Yeah, it, that's exactly right. You know, I don't think we, it's it just, it, I think it just, and I just think this happened kind of organically in, in a not great way that as we lived more and more indoors, more and more modern conveniences came about and we said, oh, what about energy efficiency? I want to pay less for my lighting bill. And, and it just so happened that as we continue to, you know, install these modern conveniences, it actually is so depleting of all of these built-in sources of energy that we can support in our bodies. You're, and you're exactly right. It's because we, we never really realized how in tune we are with all the light frequencies and what they're doing for us. Um, and now that, now that I know, it's like, wow, of course, no wonder so many people are fatigued. No wonder so many people lack the energetic capacity to overcome an infection or an autoimmune condition or, you know, and so it's, I, I just feel like these are foundational. These are things that, that just, if, if, if we coach them back in, sure. Do people might, might people want to do a little extra support with red light therapy or supplements or sauna? Absolutely. They might, but I love people to lay this foundation first and then see what extra support their bodies need. Mm. Yeah. And you said it so beautifully. It's kind of like it's happened organically. And a lot of it is because we want things to be more convenient. We want things to be more comfortable. We're human. That's human nature. Right. But then in order to get what we need, now that we're learning what we need, we may have to do the things that are not as convenient and not as comfortable. We may have to get outside in between our, you know, like during our breaks, we may have to do a little bit extra to get what we, what we need to thrive. Yeah, that's exactly it. So right before I came on here, you know, I was, I did a little 15 minute sun break and it's amazing if we actually, just now that I know I do, right? I don't think of it as, oh, well, you know, it's not a two hour time on the weekend where I just get to sit in a hammock and be outside. And like, that's the only benefit I get. It's like, no, now I know that if I've got a couple of minutes, it matters to go outside. And especially with this infrared exposure, it's like, yes, am I going to, I was just, you know, I was just saying to Dora before I, we hopped on that it's finally truly feels warm in Michigan. So it's like, of course, I want to get my body in that full spectrum sunlight to feel the warmth, feel the infrared. Um, and it just, it just feels so charging for me in so many ways. And I know part of that is because it's building that exclusion zone water, but it also means that I can choose to do other things in my life to be supportive as well. So little sun breaks, but I really think that this understanding this exclusion zone water also explains why so many 
um, northern latitude countries have such a robust um, tradition of sauna therapy. Or, or, you know, there's always, if we, if we, if we were living a more traditional lifestyle in Northern latitudes in the middle of winter, there would be a massive fire, a campfire that we would be sleeping near and be around all the time because that provides this warmth and this infrared that continues to kind of recharge my body, even in the cold months, even in the darker months. So now that I know it's like, sure, am I going to hop in a sauna if I, if I can every once in a while? Absolutely. Do I want to sit by a campfire? Absolutely I do. And when we could add up these little accumulations throughout the course of a week, then we can keep this battery charged. And so then how is this related to being dehydrated? Because I know this is something we hear a lot, like drink more water, drink more water. And of course, drinking water is great, but then even when we're drinking a lot of water, we're still perpetually dehydrated. So how are, are those things related to easy water? Yeah, it's a really good question too. So some of the water that we drink does become, you know, cellular water inside of our bodies. But believe it or not, the vast majority of our cellular water is made in our mitochondria. So I could be, like you said, I could be drinking up the wazoo, but if I'm in a very dehydrating environment, which these days, no infrared and lots of non-native EMFs would be a very dehydrating environment because non-native EMFs were showing to diminish, to deplete the EZ in the research. So that's a typical working environment. We're under maybe fluorescent lights and we're surrounded by all wireless devices at our workstation. At that point, what you're doing is you're shrinking your water, your water battery, your EZ water drastically. And you're consuming some water to try to stay hydrated, but if you're not also supporting mitochondrial health and getting outside to really charge up that exclusion zone again, surrounding yourself with the infrared, it's just not a complete hydration picture. And then how does this impact the aging process? Oh, it's such a good question. And so this is the more where I get a little more theoretical because not a lot of people have done research, but I'll, I'll share my thoughts on this. And what I have found fascinating is that research connected a lack of bound water and stiffer tissues, increased pain. And so it was fascinating to see like, okay, and then we do know that as the human body ages, the water content of the body decreases. And the ultimate form of aging known as death, right? Well, when we're, when we're no longer alive here, it, we get into rigor mortis. And rigor mortis is actually the complete dis destruction of exclusions on water. So I have a feeling that our ability to stay supple and move pain-free and have healthy joints and healthy connective tissue, which is surrounded by exclusions on water, has to do with, in part with us being able to maintain this level of hydration. So I do feel like dehydration is vastly associated with aging, but we have, we can't just look at it from a drink, drink half your body weight in ounces a day, right? There's more to it than that. Mm. Yeah. And I always think that too, because, you know, a lot of people, I mean, water is such a big subject. And I know for me a long time ago, I learned just the simple thing that purified water in a plastic bottle, it's not the ideal form of drinking water. So I've been drinking spring water for years and I drink it out of a glass bottle. That's kind of been my formula. And one of the things with that water is that it has minerals in it, right? When you have purified water, it's stripped of those minerals. So what I've learned is that a big part of being dehydrated has to do with 
you may be drinking water, but there's nothing in there to actually nourish your body. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, um, minerals are really what allow the water to conduct electricity. And so we're these beautiful electric bodies. So if we're lacking in water and we're lacking in minerals, we're not going to be fully functioning just as, just because of how much we use ele an electric current through our bodies from piezoelectricity to this thing called the DC electric current, which helps us regenerate. There's so much electricity happening at all, at all times. And turns out you're exactly right. When we're drinking water, we do not absorb anywhere near the amount of water when it's just in its more, just its plain RO reverse osmosis or distilled state. And so adding in minerals can drastically enhance the absorption of the water. So the quality of water does matter. Uh, am I number one? Yeah. Do you want to drink uh, no tap water? If at all possible, like try to pure, try to purify, drink water. That's as pure as possible, but don't stop there. There's the ability to add minerals back into the water to allow for the body to absorb it better and utilize it. And what's fascinating is I find clients who switch from just drinking, they've been maybe drinking their um, whole house RO system for a decade, you know, and there's like, well, gosh, I felt like I would need three Nalgene bottles in order to, you know, even start to get hydrated throughout the day. And now it's almost like they can drink less water because they're actually absorbing and utilizing the water so much better. Yeah. And I think that's something really interesting to note, right? Because especially in that whole school of thought of like the, the weight loss or trying to become healthier, one of the first things we do is like, we have this giant gallon thing of water, right? That we're like, okay, I got to finish this. And then you're peeing all freaking day. And to think like, how did our ancestors do this? Were they literally drinking like so much water in volume or was it that they actually had higher quality water and they weren't having to constantly drink i mean i saw this meme and it was so funny it was like you know when i was in middle school and high school like i never had a water bottle like how did i survive right because that wasn't really in our consciousness back then and now all of a sudden like everybody has their water bottle with them so it's just really interesting to think about actually Maybe it's not necessarily about the volume of water, but also the quality of water that's getting you hydrated. Absolutely. It's the quality of the water. And so you, you hit the nail on the head. I might've had access to some good quality spring water, right? So really well-absorbed water. I would be in that infrared light. So I would be keeping and maintaining my exclusions on water levels. Likely my mitochondria were very efficient at making water for me. And I do know a researcher, he, he, his research is deep into deuterium, which is a different topic, kind of. Um, and he, but he actually doesn't, act, he doesn't drink a ton of water. He says his mitochondria are so good at making water for him. He doesn't feel the need to drink water. And then we move and movement is a form of hydration and movement generates electricity for our, our bodies as well. And that's another way that we can also maintain like the, the, the full hydration status of our bodies. So really it's just that we're, we're, most of us are stuck doing stuff that's super dehydrating because we're inside with Wi-Fi all over the place and not moving like with sedentary jobs, you know, and it's, I'm not saying that that's, uh, that you, 
you get it right. Like I've been there and it's just knowing now that I know though, that's why I jump from my desk as soon as I can. And I go outside and I do my stretches and I just move my body because I know how important it is to support the totality of our hydration as opposed to just, you know, okay, yeah, I've sipped half my body weight in ounces today. <laughs> I love that. And oh, such a good, like thing to just have in your head. Movement is a form of hydration. Like Wow. Right. And, and you, I mean, it's like, we've really maybe unintentionally built these kind of like methods of living that totally are the antithesis of having the support for our well-being, which is like movement, minerals in our water, being outdoors. Like we've kind of just moved so far away from all of those like components in our lifestyle. So it's, it's really reintroducing those things back in. And then what about like structured water? What is that all about? <laughs> oh yeah. Like it's, I did a whole masterclass on this and I just dove deep into the weeds. Cause it's a cool topic. When you look at water, it, this is now water. So let's put it this way. Exclusion zone water is a form of structured water. Because if I were to look at exclusion zone water under a molecular microscope and kind of zoomed in, I would see that the H's and O's have arranged themselves in an organized fashion. They've arranged themselves into hexagons, like sheets of hexagons, basically. And so that water has a structure. Those molecules have organized themselves. If I were to just look at water in a glass, what we call in the research, it's called bulk water. If I were just to look at bulk water in a glass uh, under a molecular microscope, it would it really wouldn't have a ton of organization. You would have this little H2O molecule hanging out with this one, but then it jumps to this one, and then like you know they're, they're just right. There's this interplay, and where they're not, there's no really organization, no rhyme or reason. But it does turn out that liquid water has the ability to organize itself into these little these little clustered organizations, and it does so via something fancy called hydrogen bonding. And all I want you to think of actually is that the, the H2O molecule, it's really, it, in and of itself, it's very strongly stuck together. The two H's and the one O, they are strongly stuck together. And so all these H2Os really like to hang out as, as each other, but they want to then associate with other water molecules. And they do that when they connect, when two water molecules connect, it's called a hydrogen bond. And so it turns out that there's a, a really interesting way that the water molecules can hydrogen bond together to form different structures, geometric patterns. And now there's research suggesting that that's how water actually can store energy and information in the way it clusters itself in its hydrogen bonds um, to, to hold on to memory, to hold on to uh, frequency information. A lot of what potentially um, is the basis for things like homeopathy, where the actual substance is not present, but the memory of the substance sure still is present uh, in homeopathic preparations. So it's really fascinating that water can form structure. And so then we ask ourselves, well, what does water look like in its natural drinking state? What if I were to take a look at natural spring mineral water? What does that look like? Well, that is actually forms a lot of these geometric clusters. So natural spring mineral water is storing energy and information from nature. 
that it turns out that if we consume structured water, there's been associated health benefits to it from improving heart rate variability to balancing the nervous system to, you know, improved pain, improved pain. It's, it's a fascinating area that's just starting with research um, as opposed to water that's maybe been uh, made via reverse osmosis or distillation. There's way less structure and organization of those water molecules, meaning they're just not storing that energy and information in the same way. So that's a whole other way of looking at water. It's a carrier of energy, a carrier of information that we can then take into our bodies to enhance the energy and information inside of us. Oh my gosh, that's so fascinating. So then how do we get structured water? It's so good for us. How do we get it or how do we make it? Yeah, there's and there's lots of ways. There's no one right way with this. So this is a fast. This is another one where, um, for example, you're drinking structured water when you drink spring mineral water because you're drinking the water that's that has the structuring in nature. And water is always changing. It's always responding. Uh, I don't know if I don't know if anyone has ever looked into the work of Masaru Emoto or Veda Austin, right? But that those are water researchers really looking at water and how it changes and responds to things like human emotion or even pictures or thoughts. And you, you'll see from a, a, what they what you call what you call a crystallographic method that water is responsive. Now that means that the water that you're drinking from that that spring mineral company in glass bottles has all of the memory from nature. But what could you still do? Water loves to be vortexed or swirled. Water in nature is always moving. It's never stagnant. And so actually some aquaphotomics research, which is done um, in Japan, I just found this information, showed that simply from swirling or stirring water before and after, you changed the energetic quality of the water. You made it more energized, which then we would consume, right? We would consume that energetic quality in the water. Um, and this has actually been known for a long time with the, with the work of, uh, he, he was a, a nationalist, Austrian nationalist. He lived in the forest, Victor Schauberger. But he really dove deep into the fact that water, it, it likes to wind and meander and it'll vortex and swirl. It'll meander, it'll vortex, and it'll swirl. And what he came to the conclusion was is that water was always swirling in energy and information and trying to organize and create its, its most coherent state. So it's so fascinating when you look at that. So what could you do? You could take that, that bottle that you have, you could give it a little swirl. That's going to give it a little bit of energy. And you could also give it some intention, which is what where Masaru Emoto's work and Veda Austin's work come into play. Because when we, when the, the amount of uh, water crystallography, which is specific to Veda's method, the number of, of times I've seen water respond to emotion and reorganize itself into, into a very coherent, beautiful state means that water is responding always to our thoughts and our, and, and our emotions. So one of the cheapest and easiest ways then is to take your water and think loving thoughts. And that's woo as heck. And there's tons of devices. If you want to go device-wise, there's tons of devices that can structure your water as well. But if you simply take your most purified version of water you can get, maybe add in a couple of minerals to it. And some, there's a lot of like trace mineral drops and things like that for water. Give it a swirl, give it some love, drink it. You've done a lot to increase the qualitative properties of your water. It's so amazing. It's like, like you said, it's responsive. It's actually this living entity in, in many ways. And so 
I love the idea of swirling the water, but also really setting intentions with it. And like you said, the work of Dr. Emoto is so fascinating. And if you're listening and you haven't checked out this work yet, I highly recommend looking up this book because it's really like, it's, it's proof. I mean, you know, there's so much now out there about what, like how we can change the frequency in our body. And one of those ways is by changing the water that we're actually consuming, which is powerful. And all you have to do is set those intentions or speak lovingly or have some kind of, um, like vision in mind as you do that. I mean, it's very, like you said, it can be kind of out there, but it's so incredibly powerful. It, it absolutely is powerful beyond my wildest imaginations. I have um, a client and community, longtime community member now who was vaccine injured and she debilitated for a year, right? For a year, she just was, just was experiencing debilitating vertigo, pains, weakness, at the same time, and she thinks that there was definitely a, a quantum synchronicity to this, right? That she, at the same time, she found my work and Veda's work, and she started to merge them together. And she started to understand water in the body in such a profound way. So she recognized, okay, I've got to get out. So her husband would physically carry her out it, outside and lay her in the grass, sunrise, UVA, UVB, just get her all the light. And she also then used Veda's technique to, to speak to the water or to write to the water and help the water. And then she would actually, what Veda's technique does is you do a, like a, you, you give the water some information, right? And then you flash freeze this Petri dish of water and then you pull it out. And Veda's done tens of thousands of these. And so she's cataloged kind of as the water can create little geometric patterns and what they mean. She calls them hydroglyphs. And this particular client developed such an amazing relationship with water that she would basically kind of ask the water, like, what does her body need? You know, as on her healing journey, what's the next thing? Like, where should she focus? What's, and she would eat the water. She would eat those little crystalline trips. She would drink the water and she would imbibe that frequency, that information to her body. As of, la as of her last tests, which was maybe only about, two months ago now, she is completely free of all of her autoimmune biomarkers, which was just like, it was like every, she, she had so many different autoimmune biomarkers at so many different, she is a thriving human being. She is just a, she's a beautiful person. She was a beautiful person then, but it's just amazing to see how someone can develop a relationship like that with nature and water and the intersection and how healing it really can be. Oh, doesn't that blow your mind? It blows like, my mind. It's so freaking amazing. And it's, oh, it just is like, it, it gives you hope because not only is this information coming out, but also people are like literally living proof that it works. Yeah, and so, absolutely. oh, and the more we do this, the more, I mean, the more healing our planet will experience because there's a lot of healing that has yet to happen. Absolutely. And really what's the coolest part about water? I'm going to give you one more experiment. This is an experiment that's so fascinating to me, but water not only responds to light frequencies, but obviously it responds to energy outside of the electromagnetic spectrum, what we would call maybe subtle energy. And so experiments have shown simply from across the world I could focus on a test tube of water or blood, which is water as well, um, 
in a Faraday cage. Faraday cages block all electromagnetic frequencies. And I could actually see changes in that water simply from using intention alone, from the viability of red blood cells to the actual frequencies and structure that are found in the water afterwards. It's, it's just mind blowing and amazing how cool it is. And if we're all connected this way, how awesome is would it be if we each set a little time throughout the day just to, to somehow project love out to ourselves, to the world, to the oceans, to the water, to anything that we're willing to project love to, it has the potential. It really sounds so boo, <laughs> but it has the potential to be massively supportive on so many levels. Oh my God, it does. It does. And I've been working with frequency devices kind of, I think for a pretty long time, but really intentionally for the past like seven or eight months. And just this this concept of like quantum entanglement and being able to impact, like if I want to work like with my sister who is in Washington and I'm in California, I can actually send her those frequencies and they reach her and it literally changes how she's feeling. It helps her feel better. It helps her condition change. And it's fascinating. And I do this on, I mean, I'm like really geeky about animals. And so like, if I see a lost dog poster, I work on the dog, you know, like I want to make sure that I can send love and frequencies to that animal, whatever is going on with it, wherever it is. So, I mean, there's so many things like think of it about the potential that we then have to, to impact the world, to do good in the world. And this is a concept that is actually so ancient. Like it goes back centuries that we we had the understanding that that frequencies can travel that they have this power and we're just starting to remember yeah absolutely so it was called the ether really is what it was called or the akashic record if there's like it was given a lot of names and you're exactly right we we knew that that there was a medium like this this basically fine substance surrounding and penetrating all things through which we could send energy and it would go instantaneously it, it used to be a mad like the, everyone knew this it was taught and around the turn of this, the last century quantum physicists didn't want to account for the ether in mathematical equations anymore so they basically were like i don't think it i think really there's an ether so they did some experiments to disprove its presence and so we lost almost 100 years worth of quantum physics research, and it, it just started coming back in the form of zero point energy or the quantum field. But all of those things, which is just basically an all pervasive medium through which everything is connected, all those things are just other words for the ether. So it's just bringing back honoring that ancient wisdom that for whatever reason we we decided to ignore for a long period of time. Oh, it's so amazing. And even thinking of just how you know, we have, so we have this structure, this structured water that exists in our bodies. And we just talked about how we can set intentions or, you know, another word might be program that water mm -hmm. to have an effect. So then we have to think like, what is the water in our body currently telling us or having us believe or telling our nervous system. Yeah, absolutely. I think that the reason why things like positive self-talk can be so impactful 
And the uh, converse is true too, right? Having all that negative self-talk, that self-hate can be so detrimental is really because of what it's doing to the water inside of us, how it's changing its organization. Either in the quantum physics, quantum biology, we call it coherence. We want to be coherent, which means the water is really structured and organized to optimize our functions. Whereas you can have discoherent or non-coherent water that's really more of a chaotic uh, organization, one that doesn't provide the body with adequate energy and information. And if 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 it were me, right, knowing what I know, I really want to surround myself, including use with my own thoughts and words, with positivity, love, gratitude, joy, laughter as much as possible because of its influence towards coherence. And now knowing, and it's this is a hard thing because there were some relationships that I've had for a long period of time, some long-standing friendships where it was like, Wow, that I now know that that negativity is not just something that I, it, I'm just like, okay, I can get through a lunch, you know, I can get through no problem. It's like, no, really, it, it's impacting me at that level. It's just, I have to distance myself from that. Yeah. And setting those, setting those intentions, setting those boundaries. And I mean, we live in such a fast paced world. There's so much, I mean, the world is not an easy place to have a regulated nervous system, <laughs> right. right? Like it, it's, it can be really challenging to be positive. If you tend, if you sit in traffic every day, let's say, or even if you're, you're a mom and you're working, right? Like, like those are just some examples of how overstimulating it can be, how much is going on. And I think it's just really being able to come back to setting those like moments in your day, those pockets in your day where you can be intentional. And like you said, like being able to like sit with your water before you drink it for just a minute out of your day and give it this intentionality and, and have this connection with it. Like what an impact that has the potential to make. Absolutely. You're absolutely right. You know, it is about those little pockets. It's not about being like fake positive all the time or spiritually bypassing traumas that have happened, right? Those are all impactful. But what I, what was most fascinating to me is the fact that Masaru Emoto's work showed that the emotion besides love that had the biggest impact on the organization of the water was gratitude. I think even if we don't think that there's a lot of stuff we can be positive about, I can be grateful for the blue sky. I can be grateful now that it's warm. I can be like, I think expressing gratitude. And I think that also is why all of, you know, I, every tradition that I can think of had a practice of either prayer or expressing gratitude before meals. Because it wasn't, it, it really, I think, physically transformed the quality of what people were consuming. And so I think just little bits of intention, but especially finding gratitude and expressing it can be really, really important in supporting this. Mm. Oh, so good. So cool. good. It's cool stuff, right? It's cool it's, stuff. It well, no, it's not cool. <laughs> Listen, my, my kids are like, mom, quantum. But it's not cool, but I like it. I think it's fun. <laughs> job you know I don't know you can I probably Beyonce's kids don't think she's cool you know like it's just <laughs> I think it's a normal dynamic to have and one Absolutely. day they're gonna know how cool it is so take some time to get there you know but and 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 it is I mean not only is it cool like to me it's really cool but also it's accessible right like 
Like, we're not telling you, you got to be an astronaut to be healthy. Like, this is literally like you have the tools, you have the resources. It's all right here. You can make it happen. Yeah, that's the, that's the coolest part about this. But also I find it a barrier for some people because, I, I, you know, free is hard for people to think that it's impactful. So for some reason in this world, free equals not worth it. But like if I, so I have a lot of clients who actually start even with structured water or exclusions on water, they legitimately buy a sauna and buy some, some expensive structured watering devices that you can swirl in your water. Right. And it does, it makes structured water. And yes, you can charge up your exclusions on water with the sauna. Absolutely. But for some reason, sometimes people have to go that route first to be like, Oh yeah, well, I guess I can get this for free too. So now I'm going to start to think loving thoughts into my water and go outside more. And so, you know, it's, it's, it's like, it's like a blessing and a curse that these things are free and easy. Cause I don't think people realize how impactful they are. Yeah. It's so fascinating. Cause I, I, it is, it's kind of like, that is another program we have too, right? It's like this, the thing about, I mean, you know, we live in a capitalist society and and there's a lot of programming around <laughs> that, I think like many programs and also just the idea that it doesn't have to be hard too is, is such a program for us. Like it actually gets to be easy. It gets to be fun. And like you said, like if gratitude is the most powerful thing, I think sometimes that can be the hardest thing is to receive what you have, to have gratitude for what gra- gratitude for what you already have we tend to just want more and more, right? But can we sit with what we have and be grateful and feel appreciation? It's a big thing. It's a big thing, but you're right. It's like, it really is coming home to what what truly serves our bodies. Simple things that I think can be so impactful. Um, One of my favorite combinations is every, anytime I go outside, especially at sunrise, I love to touch bare skin to the earth, sky gaze to just get those frequencies and those signals into my eyes and find at least one thing to express gratitude about, about my day, something else in my life. And it's just become a habit now. It's like, so every time I check in with my light, I also get some gratitude in there, which feels so good. I get the earthing and the grounding. So I call it gaze ground with gratitude. And you really just kind of check, check, check. And you get all these beautiful things coming together to really help sync and organize your physiology, improve mood, improve the coherence of your water. It's, It's really pretty, pretty profound. That's amazing. Okay. Last question. What is, what is coherence? Cause you mentioned coherence and I feel like that's, that's a big one. So before we end, I definitely want to touch on that. Okay. Let's touch on coherence because the best way to recognize, think about the human body. We have a hundred thousand tasks happening inside of every cell, every second. So that's a lot of things that are happening all the time. And those things can either be done in a way that creates more order and creates organization and flows, or it can be created in a very disjointed way that really doesn't have an adequate rhyme or reason to it. And so I've got a couple of synonyms to help, or a couple of, uh, I guess, analogies to help people understand coherence. Coherence, you want, let's think of it on a broad scale. Let's think of it as an airport, right? Let's think of it as an airport where these planes are taking off and landing. 
if we didn't have some a signal that really helped to organize every all the planes taking off and landing, that airport would be chaos. Another another example would be a football team. Picture if we picture a football team if it didn't have a set play. If the if every player every player has its own role, but every player also knows what's happening with the entirety of the of the team, knows exactly what's going to be happening and can kind of anticipate and and you know modify if it needs to. So coherence is the fact that every molecule and every cell is really it's independent this independent thing, but it's understanding the greater um benefit of the whole and that happens almost instantaneously through frequency through syncing our frequencies making sure that water in our bodies which is a receiver of frequencies is organized and coherent and structured with the frequencies that promote things from from things like love and gratitude and joy which just continues to organize and the body that can become this beautiful really efficient being it's mm. oh, amazing so many good things to move forward with. I feel like we have so many tips and tools and tricks to implement. So last time we did ask you the three questions that we ask all of our guests. So I feel like we should ask some new questions today. Sure, sure. Yeah. So the first thing I would love to ask you is what is one thing you think can benefit anyone to do daily? Get morning sunlight into your eyes. Go outside, even for a brief, brief window of time. It could be through an open window. It could be you physically outside. If you can get outside at some time in the morning, naked eyes, and maybe just do the breathing, the gratitude, the calmness of it. That right there is so profound. You're sinking so many signals. You're doing a lot of things to support nervous system regulation. You're supporting the coherent structure of the water in your bodies. That right there is something I think could be a game changer for a lot of people. Mm, so good. And what is your, your personal favorite current biohack for optimizing your health? Oh gosh, biohack. You know, oh, that's, it's funny. It's fascinating. It's funny. So, you know, I, I, okay. Uh, this is the biohack I'm doing right now. I don't know if it's my favorite one, but I might as well say it because I've been playing around with glycine <laughs> um, because glycine is a big part of connective tissue and our connective tissue is surrounded by water. And it turns out that glycine can change the structure of water. It can either make it more gelled or less gelled and glyphosate actually can really impair the glycine inside of our bodies. So it's one that I'm playing around with for, for certain clients in terms of um, increasing glycine, making sure that we have uh, adequate sleep to be able to replace and get rid of the glyphosate residues in, inside of our body. Um, but it does have an impact on the hydration status of our quantum connective tissue. Uh, and it's it's interesting because I see I'm seeing improvements for people in things like quality of sleep, quality of movement, um, mitochondrial function. So that's my current one right now. That's off the top of my head. So oh, I'm excited to stay updated on that because yeah, sure. very cool. <laughs> uh, and the last one, where can people find you? You can find me at my home on Instagram is Carrie B Wellness or come to carriebewellness.com. I've got a whole host of courses you can take, uh, including the new one I'm launching soon on adrenal fatigue, which is so exciting because that was my chronic health journey. Um, 
of course, it's for practitioners, just, you know, regular old people like me who are looking for support on a healing journey. If you want to start to incorporate these types of practices, please, please come in and see if you can find some support for yourself. Amazing. Thank you so much for being here again. So special. Thanks, Dora. This is so great again. Thank you. Thank you.